What happens when God's people turn their eyes to Jesus in a season of prayer? They fall more in love with him, and his love falls on them. They see how God moves in his kingdom as their hearts tune into what he wants for their lives and this troubled world. They are inspired and emboldened, for they have been in the very throne room of God. They have fixed their eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith. Remain in my love. I am the way and the truth and the life. Press deeper into the heart of the Father to pray and to be what His will is. We will be people of intentional, spirit-filled prayer that is not bound by time, expectation, or limitations. Well, hey, I'm so excited about our message time today as we wrap up our Without Ceasing series. And we thought, as opposed to another sermon, what we wanted to do is dig into the real people of King of Kings and hear about their prayer life. So I had the privilege this week to interview three of our members. And this morning, we're going to start with Mildred Gurner, who is so involved in King of Kings and has been for so many years, has a great presence in the care and core ministry, just mentors women in Absolutely. Such a high regard. I love what she does there and just has a beautiful prayer life. She has five grandkids and her grandma name is Grand, Grand Mill. It is. But don't call her that, Julia. It's reserved for the grandkids. <laughs> right. So I'm excited for what she has to say this morning. How has your prayer life grown and changed? And were there any moments where there were big pivots or aha moments in your prayer life? I grew up in a liturgical church. Okay. And we attended regularly, and this church used its own prayer book week after week after week. And okay. so, you know, I would be uh, participating in that, reading along. And over time and over repetition, you begin to remember what you've prayed, which scriptures you've heard. I may not have known where the scriptures come from, and I probably wasn't praying those prayers right. sincerely. But it does get into your mind and heart from hearing it. And so at a later age, when I was 21 and a senior in college, God just came to me in a big way. And, you know, I needed a lot of help at that point in my life. I was so sick of school. I was ready sure. to leave, so close to graduating, but just sick and tired of the whole scene and depressed. And, wow. and so, you know, God sent some of his ambassadors to me, and they shared their story. They shared the gospel, and the lights went on for me spiritually, and and uh, Jesus became real. And wow. so learning to pray then was, you know, it was a, a whole different thing. It was a real thing. It was a more meaningful thing. And I had a lady that was discipling me. She was a campus intern. And I'll never forget the first time I prayed out loud, how scared to death I was. But, you know, we had sat together. I was learning to trust her. I was listening to her prayers, being with somebody that kind of knew what they were praying and that was praying from Scripture help me take that step and begin to give voice to my own prayers and lift that sure. to the Lord. So, 
you know, from there, what's helped my prayer life grow a lot, I think, has been regularly meeting with the Lord. Right. As well as all those years of praying from that prayer book and hearing that, I have such a respect for pre-written, printed prayers. Right. Because they give us words for things that sometimes we don't know how or what to express, and they also take a lot of work out of it. If you had to say on a daily basis, are there times you try to be intentional about praying? Are there places? Is there some kind of pattern or structure you have? Or is it more free-flowing? Just give us a glimpse into that. I'd say some of both. Yeah. I'm not a highly structured person. I get some devotionals that come to me on uh, my email. And so I'll read those right. and you know, take some time to pray about that then. But that can be any time of the day. And probably my most spontaneous daily prayers are help, Lord. You know, <laughs> Just are, very momentary. Yes. You know, what directly responding to what's happening sure. in the moment. Yeah. You know, I, I love to pray, Lord, have mercy. You know, <laughs> that's just daily. <laughs> right. My guess is that was a shift from you. If you grew up with a prayer book and pattern to more of like the momentary relational prayers, how did those change over time? I think it changed from being in settings where that's what the prayer atmosphere was like. That's the way people were praying, that we'd get into groups and just pray from what was on our heart or on our mind and kind of absent from structures right? and just learning to pray with other people. It, it helps to listen to other people pray right? and be stirred up by that. And it helps to go on retreats, go to conferences where there's a lot of prayer it helps to read books about prayer, but I tell you, nothing helps like just doing it. That's right. I just think praying. I, we showed the other week where it was kind of like a, a faith muscle that you're exercising and growing, and I think repetition and other people really shapes your prayer life. So talk through in your prayer life. Are there any barriers to prayer? What prevents you from praying, maybe? This little thing here, this telephone, um, can become an attachment and appendage to my hand and such a distraction right. even though I keep scriptures on it sure you know I love to read the scriptures on there or my devotionals or you know other things that support my spiritual growth totally. electronics are definitely for me a, a barrier sometimes it's just laziness you know I can't say that I'm too too busy to do it I have time I have space in my life to do it right it's just really uh, bringing myself into that place. I think for me, it's an excuse I've used before is, is I'm too busy mm -hmm. and I'm convicted each week when that screen time report comes across. And I show how much screen time I had, even if it was good podcasts or Bible reading or whatever I'm doing, there's screen time. So, there's all, so are there ways that you found yourself to get rid of the phone? Do you turn the phone off? Do you set it aside? Like what, how do you get through that barrier of technology? I go in a different room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go just, outside just and don't take it with me. Yeah. And I find after I do that, I'm so refreshed. Right. Have you found over time that you found different places to pray or times of the day? I, I think growing up for me, it was this structured like a morning or evening prayer. And I started seeing people pray outside or walking around. And in my own mind, I didn't know that was a legal way to pray. Like I always thought it was like, <laughs> this is how you pray. But how have you grown in that? Yeah, I love to pray outside. Right. You know, the outdoors stimulates me. It, you know, gives me a picture of who God is as That's creator cool. and a God who works in seasons and so, you know, I'll pray when I'm walking, or sometimes I just like to sit outside and pray then. Outdoor settings, really, for me. It reminds me of, you know, Jesus' prayers that we see in Scripture. 
So often he was outside on a mountain by a lake in the garden. I think you're right. There's something about God's beauty that that can be revealed in nature. And yes. I love just your intentionality with solitude and time away in different spaces. Are there any practical steps that you would give to the people of King of Kings and say, here's one or two things I would just encourage you in your prayer life? I'd say find a prayer partner. I've had a prayer partner for 20 years since I moved here. Wow. We try to meet weekly. Of course, it doesn't happen that way. Uh, she snowbirds in the winter, so right. we'll talk on the phone. And, you know, whenever we meet, it is so rich because over the years of opening up to each other and praying for each other, you know, being there at a text to ask for a request for somebody in the family, yeah. uh, we just have such a tight spiritual bond, and that has helped my prayer life because I think as we grow in trust with another human being, a, a prayer partner, for instance, then we also are growing in trust with God. That's just utilizing Christian community, building Absolutely. one another up, That's sharing right. each other's burdens, spurring one another on in the Lord. That's exactly yeah, right. Love yeah. it. Mildred, thanks so much. It's uh, a privilege visiting with you, and thanks for the example you are at King of Kings. Thank you, Mike. Honored yep. to be here. Well, I just love Mildred's humility, Ooh, her yes. authenticity, and just the story of growth that she shared throughout her life, how the impact of mentors and people around her guided and shaped her prayer life. Yeah. And then it was so cool, the variety of prayers, kind of the longer extended, utilizing the outdoors, seeing God in nature, but also the momentary prayers and just reaching out to God in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, as I was growing up, we prayed probably before meals, before bed. There was just kind of this um, sort of a formula to prayer. Right. And just hearing from Mildred, I so agree. Some of my best times with the Lord have been spent as I've been walking around or just those momentary quick prayers throughout the day. Um, it's awesome to spend extended time with the Lord, but, but those brief prayers yeah. are, are really impactful as well. Right. And I love just the relational idea that we talked about, like relying on God all day, every day yes. in the moment. Yes. And now Dave Millen, uh, he is the husband to Carrie and daughters, Lexi and Zoe, has served in so many places around King of Kings, currently serves in kids' ministry, puts great videos out each week, also a board member. Check out what Dave has to say. Talk about prayer. How over your 40-so years of life, how has your prayer life grown and changed? Were there any moments that really shifted in you? Like anything else, I think my prayer life is... is uh, I'm not sure if it's been a roller coaster, but it's it's gone up and down. There are different seasons. We as Americans often uh, struggle because we're too comfortable. That's how it is with me. I'm often too comfortable. I don't feel a need because things are are going fine. Um, got a loving wife and kids at home, and I've got a solid job, and so I can get into this routine where everything's fine. But things happen, whether it's in relationship or in job or things in the world. I can feel burden. I, yeah. I can feel stress. And it's strange, but in those moments, or we're looking back on those moments, I can be really thankful because it, it kind of recenters me, helps me remember where, uh, where my source of strength is. It's good. So um, that can be really helpful for my prayer life because it, it kind of brings me to my knees to, to ask God for strength and ask God for help and wow. guidance. And that's really helped. At different phases of my life. How have you seen prayer in kids' lives or teaching them to pray and doing devotionals? What have you seen in that area? 
Um, I appreciate the the honesty of kids. We stare. We with the four, five, and six year olds, we're pretty basic. Um, we're we're focusing on Jesus being a source of strength and right. being thankful and showing love and respect to the kids and. But then they ask questions, and they, um, I hear, I hear reports from a couple of the parents that a few of the things that I say get repeated, and it kind of charges me up because I know they're listening, and even if I don't see it, they're listening. It's a win. And it's it's a win. It's accountability and it's yeah. responsibility. It, right. It's just like parenting, where what the things that we do and the things that we say, we don't always see the fruit, but we can see it later. And it's just really neat it's with awesome. the kids seeing, seeing them grow, and then seeing the kids later um, in the churches as they grow up, and and you know watching them go down the hallway sure. when I saw them when they were a couple feet shorter. That's sweet. That's sweet. Thanks for pointing into them. Yeah. If you said when Dave Millen is at his best in his prayer rhythms, are there certain daily things you're doing, weekly things? What do you pray for? Where do you pray? Honestly, a lot of the time that I that I spend in prayer is when my wife and I put the girls to bed. Um, we, we take turns putting the girls to bed, and it's been such a joy over the years. And the girls are getting older, but we've so a lot of the bedtime routine has changed, obviously, but, but focusing on having that prayer time is good. And honestly, it's, it's some accountability yeah. because I get to hear what they're praying for wow. and praying about, and it's a great time to make some decisions about what they hear me talking to God about and hearing from God about, but it works both ways. Yeah. Getting to hear what's on what's on the girls' hearts. So making sure that I have that routine, because I'm a routine guy. You are. And yeah. if I lose the routine, it's again it's it's hard to get take that first step. So the best way for me to not have a roadblock is to is to make it a routine. Yeah. So that evening time with the girls is the biggest thing for me. And then a couple other tools that I've used, a couple other times that I've been successful has been deciding at noon, I'm just going to stop for whether it's one minute or five minutes and um, spend a little bit of time with God. And it's a really uh, good time for me to refocus. I have a hard time first thing in the morning because I get up and I get to work and it's hard for me to to carve in that extra time so early in the morning. But midday, it can be a time for me to refocus yeah. and kind of refresh for the afternoon. I'm pretty routine also. I, I think if I don't put those routines in place, it's not gonna happen. So I think it's just figuring out and utilizing technology for our benefits, setting alarms consistently and just stopping and praying and finding out, for me, it's, it's a morning thing for me usually, but I think we just have to learn our own spiritual personalities and when we thrive most. Uh, the idea of unanswered prayer how has that affected you? How do you work through unanswered prayer? It's funny you should ask it that way because actually that's the first country song that I ever liked was unanswered prayers. Uh, I don't. Can you sing some of that for us right now? <laughs> Is this on? <laughs> um, the concept of unanswered prayers is interesting because, from our perspective, obviously prayers can feel unanswered. Right. But I do honestly believe that we don't always like the answers, but God does say yes, no, or not now. Right. Um, but I think that 
by having a, a prayer life, trying to have a consistent prayer life, I can show God what's on my mind and what I'm thinking about. And it's in those times that I'm most apt to listen or to hear. Right. Whereas if I don't carve out that time, it's hard with all the noise of, of the day um, to hear God's voice. Right. So I don't really think that unanswered prayer happens. I just need to make sure that I trust that God has a better answer than, than I might be ready for. Right. It's really well said. You've given a few already, but if you had to give a practical step or two for people of King of Kings in their prayer life, what would you encourage them with? Pick any one thing and try it. Maybe set a goal to try something for a week. Like, I can't imagine getting up in the morning, but try it anyway. Maybe it's, maybe it's get up 10 minutes earlier right. and try that this week. It's good. And maybe it doesn't work and decide that next week I'm going to try something different and I'm going to set alarm on my phone for 11.30 or noon, and I'm going to try that. And then maybe just, just tell yourself that I'm going to try something different the third week, and maybe that third week at 9 p.m. I'm going to set, I'm going to set an alarm. Or if I need to do something different and have that Bible instead of having it on my shelf, yeah. when, I get, when I get up in the morning, I'm going to set the Bible on my, on my pillow. So when I come to bed, I have to make a choice. Right. And the Bible's right there and just... Put something into your routine so that you give yourself you give yourself the best chance. Yeah, that's good. Appreciate you, Dave. Thanks for sharing your heart and just prayer journey. Sure, thanks, and just Mike. some wisdom for uh, King of Kings. Thank you. Wow, great stuff from Dave Millen. Just a few things that stood out to me. I love the the rhythms, the utilizing technology, mm. kind of putting in mechanisms to help you pray. Because I know for me, I need those rhythms and those things in place or else it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then secondly, I think the family prayer was huge. Dave's love for his girls and just commitment to be praying for them and hearing what they're saying. There's such a humble posture in that moment. Absolutely. And you know, I think I just want to encourage and remind everyone that you don't have have to be an expert in prayer to lead your family right. in prayer. God can take whatever it is that you offer to him and multiply it yep. in incredible ways. And what your kids don't need is perfection. They need faithfulness. Wow. And so really just step out, out of your comfort zone maybe, and lead your family in times of prayer. It will be transformative for your yeah. children and for you. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest barriers to praying is just the fear of the unknown, or I won't know what to say yes. or pray. Right. Next, we have Elisa Wolcott, who was instrumental in this without ceasing prayer movement and just designing and kicking it off and leading prayer sets. She's also been a local, national, and global missionary, most recently in Iraq, and is just sensing where God's leading her in the future. So love to hear what Lisa has to say. What would you say barriers to prayer have been for you? And maybe how do you work through that? Sure. Uh, 100% distraction. Yeah. Um, Your distractions, phone, time, anything? Yes, all of that. I think that's one of the, um, I, I, for me, that's been one of the biggest things is that believing that I'm going to get more done if because we live in a society yes. that values productivity and a lot of times, whether I think we realize it or not, we assess our own value based on what we've accomplished or produced. And, um, so not 
being rushed, being hurried, being distracted, whether it's with my phone, whether it's with um, the things, my to-do list that's yeah. going all day. Right. So I think in that sense, uh, try and turn my phone on do not disturb. Uh, I would love to be better about, um, I use it for music, but yeah, the fact that that's the first thing that I look at in the right. morning right. Um, tells me that I need an analog alarm clock and I could probably do without music for a while, right? Uh, I think, too, just that intentional blocking out of time sure. of, of right. in my own heart and in my own mind, making this the number one priority. Yeah. Um, I think that's so good. I think, like you said, just the pace of, of America, the schedule, I know day to day and I work at a church. So if anyone should be slot in prayer, it's, it's me, but you can look at the day and see all the meetings and you see the to-do list and then you're like, there's no room for prayer, but that's, mm-hmm. that's when you need prayer the most. And I just think God honors that and then it orients the rest of the day. Yeah. But I think we can, we can miss that sometimes. Yeah. So what about unanswered prayer in your life and how have you worked through that mm-hmm. over your years? I know we're still working through that kind of stuff, but just tell us your journey with that. I don't follow Jesus because he answers my prayers. Hmm. If he never did a single thing for me, again, I would still give my life to him because of everything he's done for me. Yeah. And so it's hard, right? Sure. Like there are things that we carry in our hearts. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are going to be questions that we never have the answers to. Right. But, you know, and, and that can bring different doubts. That can bring different things. But I think it comes back to, <laughs> I've encountered the Lord. I can't turn back. Yeah. Regardless of what I understand and what I don't. Right. Yeah. And I do know that he's a good, he's a good God. And he is just and he's holy. And um, going back even to like the Psalms where David is pouring his heart out of like, why am I, why am I, why is my heart disappointed? Right? Like I think disappointment is the antithesis to hope. And in that Psalm 42, he says, why is my heart disappointed? Why is it downcast? And he reframes it and he says, but I will trust and I will hope in the Lord and I will trust in his unfailing love. And so it's, um, again, coming back to the vulnerability of, I'm going to be really vulnerable before you Lord. of I'm, I'm still carrying these things in my heart and I don't understand, but, um, that's not where my hope is. And I think even like the worship song that we sang, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're faced with being thrown into the fire and they said, we won't bow down to your idol and because our God will save us. Right. But even if he even doesn't, if, yeah, yeah. even if he doesn't come through, we're not going to yield to the pressure around us. Right. That is such a profound answer because I think we, we all wrestle with unanswered prayer. But it's not about the answer or w- what we get. You, you're moving back to the, the person of Jesus and who yeah. he is 
and your experience with him and you're saying, I, I will follow you regardless kind of thing. So I love that. It's such a good answer. Last thought today, if you had to give the people of King of Kings one or two practical steps for prayer, just encouragements, knowing that we're all at different places in our walk with the Lord, yeah. what would be one or two things you'd say, I'd encourage this? Mm. I think one fear is a liar. Kick it in the teeth. Fear is never from the Father. Yeah, He's really after our hearts. And he's not going to settle for anything less than our whole heart. Wow. What I've experienced is the more that I've yielded, the power of yieldingness, right? Yieldedness, yielding our control or our pride or even things that as we sit with the Lord, right? Yeah. He's going to show us things that he, in his kindness, wants to talk to us about sure. and shift some things around in our hearts. And um, I'm not going to get offended like laying down a fence because it's not about me <laughs> right? as much as I want to think it is a lot of times. Um, but I think the more I've yielded, the more I get of him. Wow. And even though there is a cost, right? Like he's, it's just, his love is so worth it. Yeah. He yeah. is so worth it. Right. And so I think just like be all in, dive in. Yeah. Go for it. Wow, such amazing words from Ooh. Elisa this morning. Yeah. And one thing I love about her, she has such a balance of humility but boldness. Yes. And the answer that stood out so much is when I asked about unanswered prayer. And she basically said, it doesn't matter how Jesus responds or doesn't respond. I'm going to continue to follow him. Man, that was incredible. Yeah. And it really, I was like, you know what? That is so true um, in my own life as well. So many things to be grateful to the Lord for, um, for salvation, first and foremost, but all of the blessings yeah. he's just poured into our lives. I'm yeah. so grateful. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're wrapping up this without ceasing series, but this isn't the end of prayer. We no. hope this spurs us on to praying more, to seeking God out, and then also celebrating what he's done in this last month. And I just encourage you guys in the Being Challenge coming up in the next couple of weeks to really engage individually, but also as a small group. Yep. So we continue worshiping here at King of Kings.